Well, Northside, it was good to be with you this morning. And real quick, would you welcome everybody in our video venue? Just want to say hey to them, make sure you guys know that we love you and are for you. And like Andy said, we are wrapping up our shoe series today. And it has been an incredible eight weeks. If you remember, uh, seven weeks ago, we kicked off this series with the Chosen Weekend. Uh, where as a church, if you weren't here that weekend, you guys stepped in and you sponsored 972 children in Guatemala. And as a church, this was just a beautiful thing. Yeah, you guys can applaud for just this faithfulness of the church. And there's something good about that. There's something good when we go, wow, it is incredible. Even if you're not a Christian here today, it's like, yeah, man, it is so good when you step into the lives of those who have nobody to step in for them. And in our hearts, whether you're Christian or not here today, you just go, no, that's right. That is good that you step in for those who have been forgotten, that you step in for those who can't really help themselves out. And that is the whole story of the gospel. This is the whole story of Jesus is that he sees you and I going, I know you can't save yourself. I know you can't pull yourself together. I know you can't defeat the sin and the addiction that you carry. And that is why I am stepping into your shoes this is why Jesus left heaven, took on all of humanity to step into our shoes, to redeem us and to give us the life that we can't give ourselves. Matter of fact, this whole question of life and eternal life has been going on for centuries now. I want to play a little game just to get your mind going this morning. It's a little bit for you Jeopardy champs. This, uh, this will be your time to shine, all right? Uh, but this is the game I want to play. It's just I want you to guess what am I? All right, I'm going to give you some descriptions, and I want you to kind of, if you can figure this out. Uh, in the third century, Alexander the Great went and sent people to find this. All right, that's first description. This is already all the way back to the third century. In the fifth century, the father of history, Herodias, went looking for this. What am I? The 11th and 12th century started in the Crusades. Prester John went looking for this but couldn't find it. In the 16th century, indigenous people in the Caribbean went looking to find this and couldn't find it. The first governor of Puerto Rico in 1513 went looking for this and couldn't find it and actually ended up in present-day Florida. What am I? Any guesses? 945, you are a smart group, all right? We get a little golden star by your attendance today, all right? It's the fountain of youth. And what's incredible is this, for generations, for generations and literally centuries, people went after this idea that, wait a second, if I, if I can have this life, man, life would be so much more full for me. So much so that I'd risk my current life to go find that life. And they go after it. The only thing is today, now some of us are going, you know what, Nate, that's fountain of youth. We don't, we don't spend our time and our money on that anymore. Oh, yeah, well, why do you guys buy this, all right? Why do we buy this, okay? <laughs> right, we go, oh, you know, I don't go after the fountain of youth. The only thing is, it's like, we will color our hair so you think I'm more youthful than I am. What's funny is this, literally, I love when the Holy Spirit kind of gives you ideas. I was thinking about that. I'm like, isn't it funny? You know, everybody for centuries goes after the fountain of youth. We just buy boxes of just for men so we can look younger, any of that stuff. And then I got this text from Jay Jacoby in my life group. He was actually in Florida on vacation this week. And uh, out of nowhere, he sends this in our group, me. And I'm like, thank you, Lord. This is going into the sermon. And... Uh, <laughs> 
So now when you see Jay, just look at him and go, you're a fake, right? You know, you're, you're a fake. But this is what we do. We go, man, we go after life. And sometimes we don't even understand when we're going after life or when we've set things up in our life that we go, you know, we don't think of it as that's going to be the fountain of life. But boy, we trust in it to give us a life that we don't have. I remember 10 years ago, I had a mentor in my life. Uh, he approached uh, my wife, Ruthie, and I, and he said, hey, listen, I have to go to Hawaii on a business trip. He said, I, you know, I've flown over a million miles, so we have a ton of miles built up. And just as a gift to you guys, he goes, I'd like to use those miles to fly you to Hawaii with us for this business trip. And I said, you do have the Lord. You know, you are a man of God, and I will listen to whatever you want to tell me in life. And, and he said, not only that, he said, I said, okay, that's cool on the flight, but, you know, how much are we looking at with food and hotel? He goes, well, he said, the conference actually gives us a, de a deal where if you buy one room, you get one free. He goes, what if we split the cost on the hotel and you, you pay for that? We'll split the cost and you just pay for your food. It's unbelievable. I've never been to Hawaii, just this idea. I'm in my 20s. You know, I'm thinking that's like when I'm 60 or 65, I'll get to go. And, you know, I remember in my mind, I just started dreaming about what Hawaii was going to be like. I'm like, I bet the water tastes like sweet tea. You know, like, like you, I bet everything is just better there and no calories, right? It's going to taste like sweet tea and it's going to be good for you, right? And, and I started just dreaming of what, you know, Hawaii is like, oh, I bet it's like this. I bet it's like this. I bet it's going to be magical. All this stuff. And we get there and it was unbelievable. I'll never, I'll never forget flying into Maui and just seeing the mountains and the green going, God, this mountain and this greenery have been here, you know, for years, and a lot of times only you have seen it, and now people are seeing it. And I remember just seeing the beauty. I remember they're eating the food. Food was great. But something really interesting happened on the flight home. I remember getting on that flight home, and I was like, wow, been to Hawaii. And I remember just kind of a little bit of this sinking feeling happened. And it just kind of came over. And nothing was wrong with Hawaii. I mean, it was neat, whatever. But I remember just, just kind of this thought coming across my mind. And I went, man, you know what? This has been cool, but water's water, and food's food. And man, it means more about who you're with than just where you are. And it began to hit in that moment that I realized, man, I had built Hawaii up to actually be a little bit more life than what it can deliver. And oftentimes, this is what I think happens in our life. Without knowing it, we begin to prop some things up in our life. It might be a destination vacation. It might be a job. It might be a relationship. I don't know what it is for you. But we begin to prop some things up in our life to go, if I can experience that, I bet it's going to be this, this, and this. And then we get there, and then on the other side, we go, uh-oh. I think I've maybe made too big of a deal about this. What we're going to find today is this, as we look at the last set of shoes that Jesus steps into in Luke chapter 24, some people began to actually put some expectations on Jesus that were wrong expectations. And when Jesus couldn't deliver on them, they left Jesus defeated. And Jesus had to step into their shoes, and he's going to step into our shoes today. And he goes, I want to redefine what success looks like, and I want to redefine what life looks like. Because here's what happens a lot of times, like looking for the fountain of youth or different things in our life. You know, here's what happens. You go trying to find eternal life, and the only thing is this. Eternal life is already trying to find you. This is why on the very last night of Jesus on earth before he goes to the cross, he gets his disciples together in John 17 verse 3. He doesn't want you to worry or, or to be unclear about what eternal life is. This is why he tells his disciples and he tells us today in John chapter 17 verse 3. Listen to what he says. 
He says, now this is eternal life. He don't want to mince words. He don't want you to be confused. What is eternal life? What will bring life to you in this world? He says, this is eternal life. And he's praying to the Father. He says that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. Now some of you are going, yeah, I think Hawaii sounds a little bit better than that, right? Let me go there and see if that actually brings life. And Jesus goes, don't miss it. Don't miss what eternal life is because actually until you experience this eternal life in you through God and our Savior Jesus, he goes, life actually, here's what begins to happen. When we begin to live for other things in this life and look for it to bring us eternal life outside of Jesus, it actually ends up taking life from us. You begin to work your whole life To be able to end with a great career and at the end of your career you look back on your sacrifices and you go, I think I've sacrificed the wrong things. And it begins to take life from us. This week, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade was on. And for me, it's one of those movies that anytime it's on, you just stop and watch. You know what I'm saying? You're like, it doesn't matter wherever it's at. And it happened on that scene where they're in there in the Holy Grail. And if you remember the scene, I love this movie, you know, where, where the, the Nazi people come in and Indiana Jones are there. And they choose the cup. And the Nazi people, they choose the cup. And he takes the drink. And what does the guardian of the Holy Grail say? You have chosen what? Poorly. You have chosen poorly, and he dies. He dies right there. See, here's what happens. A lot of times we begin to put eternal life into things in this world that cannot give us life, and it ends up taking life from us. Sometimes it literally takes our life. And this is why Jesus is going, this is so important that you understand that I've come to step into your shoes. I've come to save you. I've come to give you hope. Matter of fact, that's the shoes that we look at today. And really, these will resonate because these are our shoes that we find in Luke chapter 24. There's two men who were following Jesus, who were with Jesus, except the problem was they had the wrong expectations of Jesus. And they thought he was going to bring life in a whole different way. And when, he didn't, when Jesus didn't bring the life that he, they wanted, they went away defeated. Listen to what it says in Luke chapter 24, verse 15. These two guys, after Jesus was crucified, they started walking seven miles out of Jerusalem. And in verse 15, it says, As they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them. I love this about Jesus. He's a little bit of a prankster, all right? You know, Jesus has a sense of humor. These guys are all defeated. They think there's no hope in this world. And so they start walking home because like, well, if Jesus is dead, it's all over. Game over. They're walking home. They're talking about everything. Jesus comes up, starts walking with them. In verse 16, it says, but they were kept from recognizing him, which I'll talk about that here in a second. Jesus asked him, what are you discussing together as you walk along? Jesus is going, what's your life like right now? What, what are you building your life on? He asked you that question today. What are you talking about right now? What's your plans? What's your life? What's your hope? They stood still and their faces downcast. One of them named Cleopas asked him, are you only a visitor to Jerusalem and don't know the things that have happened there in these days? Jesus responded, what things? I love it, right? Tell me, you know. know, I guess they don't see like the scars in his hand or whatever. What things, Jesus asked. About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. 
He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. Then the chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. And listen what they say. But we had hoped, we had put our life in him, that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. What is more, it is the third day since all this took place. Do you hear the defeat and the hopelessness in these guys' voice? We had put our hope in him. We had put our life in him. And then they said, not only that, it's been three days since he's been dead. And in that world, that's what it meant was, it, it's not just that you were dead. It was that like you are dead, dead. Because what they believed was this, is that you could die, but for three days your spirit could come back and you could come back to life. And now they're going, not only is Jesus dead, it's three days. It's game over. Life is done. There is no hope. We had hoped we had put our life into this here's why we need to understand the eternal life of Jesus is because in our hope with him hope is for our hurt you and I we carry hurt in this world don't we we carry disappointment we carry baggage, we carry misplaced expectations, we carry fears, we carry failures, we carry frustrations, we carry loss in this world. And see, this is why Jesus has come in and he's walking with them is because he knows this, he knows you and he knows what's going on in your story and he knows what's going on in their story. And he goes, no, I wanna come in and I wanna give you eternal life. Doesn't mean all the pain's gonna go away. But if you saw this here, it said we had hoped that he was going to redeem all of Israel, which here's the thing. What they were saying in that moment is this. We were wanting a political king to give me hope. See, this is why sometimes we need to pay attention as Christians to not be careful to overhope in one political party to be our eternal hope. Because here's what will happen. If your political party doesn't get in charge, what ends up happening is you don't feel like you have life. You don't feel like you have hope. Jesus transcends all political parties. And he brings us life that no political party can give us. He's going, this is the hope, and here he is, and they're missing it. This is why it says that they were kept from recognizing him. Sometimes we go, oh, I bet Jesus kind of put that you know, spell on them where he, they, he was keeping them from seeing it. No, 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 no. You know what really this passage was saying? Is oftentimes our expectations of Jesus can keep us from seeing Jesus. We begin to put expectations on him. Well, God, surely if you were God, you would have given me this by now. And since you didn't, you're not really God. And he's walking with us and he's for us and he's with us. And our expectations of him actually keep us from seeing him. See, we got to be careful about where we are placing our eternal life and where we are placing our hope. Because our hope is actually found in him and he helps us through our hurts in life. But here's what we got to understand. Sometimes this hope of Jesus, it hurts. Because that means we've got to let go of whatever we were hoping in and place our hope in him. Listen what Jesus says to these guys. In verse 25, he says to them, he says, How foolish you are and how slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Christ have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? You ever sacrificed a lot for somebody and then they didn't appreciate what you'd done for them? 
You're like, whoa, 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 time out. I need a thank you, right? Right now, you know, you need to understand what I've gone through. You better appreciate this. And Jesus stops and he goes, hey, hey, guys, listen, listen. The whole scripture, all of scriptures have been talking about this. You don't need to live in defeat. You don't need to live without hope. I've conquered death. I've conquered sin. I've come to bring you eternal life. I remember uh, the time that my wife has hurt me the most. I was, uh, we were laying there in bed and, and I was complaining about my boss. And, you know, even pastors do that, you know, and Christians do that. Maybe it's just me. I know none of you have ever done that. But, you know, and I remember I was laying there and I was frustrated in the ministry where I was at in Illinois. And I was telling my wife and I said, you know, it's, it's my boss. I'm more educated than him. I went to Bible college. He didn't. Some of you already have a different view of me. Please forgive me. All right. You know, we're all sinners in this place. And, you know, and I began to say, you know, and if this senior pastor knew what he was doing, you know, they would do this and da 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 And I was just complaining and I was saying all 15 things of why everybody else is wrong. Isn't it always true that it's always everybody else's fault? It could never be our fault. And I remember my wife, she's a nine on the Enneagram, the personality test. So for her to confront me, like, is a big deal. The nine is a peacemaker. They don't want to interrupt the peace. And I remember that moment. I mean, here we are. It is 10, 11 years later. And she just looked at me and she said, maybe it's you who needs to move. Woman, the Bible says for women to be silent. And uh, <laughs> now that's taken all out of context. But I remember in that moment, I told her, I said, I just pushed you away in my mind. <laughs> Get away from me. It hurt. It hurt. But she was right. <laughs> See, sometimes when hope comes into your life, you have to let go of your expectations. You've got to let go of some of the things that you're holding on to. See, this is what Jesus is doing. He's coming into these guys' life and he's going, I know you are defeated. I know you have lost hope, but I'm your eternal life. I've come to give you life. All of Scripture is pointing to me. All of Scripture is pointing to this life, this eternal life. I know everything in this world is going to let you down. Your spouse is going to let you down. Your kids are going to let you down. Your boss is going to let you down. You're going to let yourself down. I'm going to let you down. But Jesus says, I'm never going to let you down. I'm never going to let you down because I'm eternal life. I am the life that you were made for. I'm the life that was spoken of in Scripture. And in verse 28, it says, As they approached the village which they were going, Jesus acted as if he was going further. Hey, guys, been real. Deuces. See ya. And they go, whoa, 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 wait, wait, wait. They urged him strongly, stay with us, for it is nearly evening and the day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. Here's what you're going to find as you journey with Jesus. Sometimes his truth, it's going to hurt in your life because it's going to call sin out of you. It's going to rearrange what your life looks like. He's going to give you different priorities and it is going to hurt. But here's what's going to happen. Every time you let the hope of Jesus in, even when it hurts, you're going to want more of it. Because what you're going to realize is this, you're going to go, man, it's for my good. Actually, Jesus wants more for me than I even want for myself because that's what eternal life is. It always wants more for you than you even want for yourself. This is the good news of Jesus. 
He rearranges everything of our life. And they go, hey, Jesus, would you stay with us? And so he does. And when he was at the table with them, he took bread, he gave thanks, he broke it, and he began to give it to them. Then their eyes, catch this, then their eyes were opened and they recognized him. They recognized him in this moment. They couldn't recognize him in the other moments, but here around the table, when he took bread and he broke it and he blessed it and he gave it to him, it says their eyes were opened and they recognized him and then he disappeared from their sight. They asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? Here's what we've got to understand within this. A lot of times we're looking for these grandiose moments. We're waiting for Hawaii. We're waiting for all these big things to happen, for the big blessings of the Lord to happen so then we can experience eternal life. And here's what eternal life looks like. Eternal life and hope is found in the simple, not the spectacular. See, this is how available Jesus is to you and I. He says, I want to get around a table. And what happens is when we begin to understand that he takes the bread, he blessed it, he broke it, and he gave it, we begin to see the realness of Jesus and that eternal life isn't just waiting on some island. Eternal life is waiting in every moment of your day. Eternal life is waiting to meet you at your work and in your home and when you're by yourself and when you're having fun with activities. Matter of fact, yesterday I heard from a friend. He goes here, great teacher, and he was honest. He goes, here's the problem with teaching. He goes, we know it's about the kids. The only problem is sometimes as a teacher you can only live for your next break, which uh, he was able to identify how many days until Christmas break. You know, you kind of live from fall break to Christmas break. But he said, something strange has happened in my life. He said, at my school, we have a refugee who is a janitor. And he goes, and I've struck up a friendship with this man. And he goes, every day, he said, what has now become the most meaningful thing. And he started tearing up. And he said, and he said his name. And he said, and the country that he's from. And he says, and I've met him and I know him. And he said, now I live for the day. I don't live for the breaks. See, this is what happens when eternal life comes flooding into your life. It's conversations with the janitor. It's the everyday moment. See, Jesus doesn't go after the spectacular to bring eternal life. He goes after the simple. Our problem is oftentimes we're waiting for Jesus to do the spectacular before we believe in him. And he says, no, eternal life is found in the simple. Eternal life is found in me. And this is what he gives when he takes the bread and he blessed it and he broke it and he gave it. It's not just about bread. What's happening is this. Hope is beginning to heal these guys. And when we begin to allow the Holy Spirit and the presence of God be at work in our life, what we actually begin to find is this. Jesus, in this moment, described who he is. And not only did he describe who he is, he began to describe what it looks like to be the church in every day. And the church in every day, if you go, Nate, what does it look like to live eternal life? You know what it looks like to live eternal life? This is what it looks like. That you and I would be blessed, that you and I would be broken, and that you and I would be given for this world. 
See, this is what Jesus is doing. He is laying a pattern here that he's going, here's what it looks like to live eternal life. You know what it means to be blessed? I know some of you are going, Nate, yeah, man, I'm waiting for my blessing. I'm waiting for my blessing. You know what Ephesians 1, 3 says about our blessing in Jesus? Check this out. I love this passage. Paul writes this to the church in Ephesus, and he says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, and we have to pay attention to this, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Hope always has to be attached to something. And in this moment, I mean, what would it look like, church, if we began to live, not that we're trying to find our blessing tomorrow, but what if we woke up tomorrow and what if we lived today knowing that we are already blessed with every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus? I'm not waiting to go to Hawaii to be blessed. Now, some of you are like, I'd like to see, right, you know, if the blessing of the Lord is there. But what if it looks like we go wake up, we go, no, I'm already blessed. Well, why? It's not because of your home. It's not because of your car. It's because you and I have been blessed with the presence and the power of Jesus in our life. Eternal life that nothing else in this world can give us, no matter what we're going through. It's not about just be happy, go lucky. It is about this blessing that is in the core of our life that changes everything. I think that could be one of the biggest problems with the church today. We acknowledge Jesus, but we don't live like he's our blessing today. We are blessed with every spiritual blessing. And then here's the deal. You want to know how you get blessed? you got to break yourself open. We don't like that, do we? Wah, wah, wah. We're like, Nate, this was going really well. See, when you and I break ourselves open, here's what happens. Because it's scary to do that. It's scary to begin to break ourselves open and make ourselves vulnerable to the Lord, isn't it? It's difficult to begin to reveal the hurts of our life to God, because we we, we've tried so hard our whole life to not bring those hurts up, to not bring our failures up. God, I buried them really well. Not even six feet, eight feet deep. God, I went another two feet. God, I buried. Jesus says, here's the deal. You want my blessing in your life? You have to break yourself open. You got to break yourself open. So I can come in and give you the eternal life that you need, because here's what's going to happen. Jesus then gave the bread to the disciples and their eyes were open. Our life as Christians are to embrace this blessing of eternal life in Jesus, to break ourselves open, to allow him to come into every part of our life. And then it is to give ourselves away to this world. It's to get, you want purpose for your life? Let eternal life be your life. Because it won't just be for you, it will be also for those around you. Listen to what happens next. Jesus disappears, and these guys, it says this in verse 33, they got up and returned at once to Jerusalem. There they found the eleven and those within the disciples all assembled together and saying, it is true, the Lord has risen and has appeared to Simon. Then the two told what had happened on the way and how Jesus was recognized by them when he broke the bread. What they were saying is this, my eternal life has now changed. We had gone from we had hope to now we have hope. 
Because I see that Jesus has broken himself open, that he has blessed me, and all I have to do is break myself open to him. And they go and they tell him, and listen what happens in verse 36. While they were there still talking about this, Jesus himself stood up among them and said to them, peace be with you. I love Jesus as a prankster. He sneaks into the room, peace be with you. Oh my gosh, Lord, I have mercy. Literally, Lord, have mercy. You know what I found every time is this? It's funny when I talk to other people about what God does in my life or what God will do in your life, you'll say stuff like this. You know what? I, I, you know, I, I reached out and I started inviting my neighbor to church. Or there was this situation going on and I met this need. There was this janitor, there was this refugee at my school and I struck up this conversation and this is what I love about what what a lot of times we say. And then the craziest thing happened and we say this, Jesus showed up. (laughs) Isn't it crazy? Jesus is like, yeah. I show up. He might be in the back. He knocked something over. I don't know. (laughs) This is what happens when Jesus becomes your eternal life. You find that you are already blessed. You don't have to go looking for eternal life. Eternal life's already looking for you. All you got to do is break yourself up and go, God, would you... Would you come rushing in? Would you come into my past? Would you come into my fears? Would you come into my failures? Would you come into my loss? Jesus says, absolutely. See, the whole story of the gospel of Jesus is this. You and I, we didn't have hope. And now because he's come to step into our shoes, We now have hope. And we give this hope away to the world. We begin to step into the broken parts of the world. We begin in the simple conversations in our work, in our homes, in our drive home, in our own minds. We begin to go, oh, you're such a failure. No, 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 no. I am blessed with every spiritual blessing. It's not that we are good. It is that God is good and he has given us access to eternal life. Eternal life isn't just there in heaven. Heaven has come here and now. Jesus, your kingdom come, your will be done, your eternal life on earth as it is in heaven. Is that your prayer? Is that your prayer? Quit looking for eternal life out there. Eternal life is here. It's now. And it is blessed. And it is broken. And it is given for you. We're going to do communion a little bit different today. That's why we've set this up. Because what we realize is this, we're going, no, he has come to step into our shoes. And Jesus, you simply want us to allow you to come into our lives. And so for some of you today, you thought you had to go find life and and you didn't realize life was coming after you. And today I want to encourage you Don't leave here today without finding that life. Don't leave here today without talking with somebody about what Jesus has done for you. 
like Ed who got baptized today, let today be a day. But I want to encourage you, if you're a follower of Jesus, before we take communion, here's what we're going to do. We're going to put a couple of questions up on the screen. And I just want to ask that you would take a moment to begin to process these questions that come up. To begin the eternal life to come in, to break yourself open and to feast on the hope that Jesus gives us. And then when you're ready, whenever, I want to invite you to come down here. we got stations around here. If you're a follower of Jesus, come down here, take the bread, dip it in the juice. We even have prepackaged communion cups down here in case you're sick or you're a germaphobe. We got you covered. All right? And then here's what we want to do. After you've taken a moment and you've reflected on the screens and you come and you take the bread and the juice, what we want you to do, unless you need to stay for prayer, we want to invite you just to head on out the doors and to give this hope and to give this eternal life away. See, this is what this is to be. It's not just that we remember our failure. We remember that Christ has given us life and he is sending us to give hope and life to this world. So I'm going to pray for us. And I want you to focus on these questions on the screen. And then when you're ready, come down, take the bread and the juice, and then go give hope to this world who is desperately seeking it. Let's pray together. Father, thank you that you meet us right where we are. Even for some of us today, Father, I know myself as Christians, just because we know you doesn't mean we allow you to be our eternal life all the time. And so just quietly in this moment, Lord, we, we say we're sorry. <laughs> and yet we say thank you for walking with us even when we didn't know you were with us this whole time. And Jesus, this is why you went to the cross and why you rose again so that death and sin would not have the final word. You have conquered everything. And so, Father, in this moment, would you help our eyes to be open? Would you help us to recognize you as our eternal life? Jesus, thank you for not making us have to travel the world to find life but that you would travel the world to give us life. And because of you, Jesus, everything has changed. So, Father, our lives are aligned to you in this moment. Would you give us your courage? Would you give us your peace? Would you give us your power by the Holy Spirit to break ourselves open and to give ourselves away for your glory and your name? And it's in your name that we pray. Everybody said amen. Focus on these questions, and then when you're ready, you can come forward to take communion.